0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We talk today to Fred Davison, who is the CEO of Impact Silver. They're a Mexican Silver producer. We learn a little bit about the Silver macro story from Fred, plus we talk about his business plan. Obviously they are a producer, uh, but we also talk about, Farm outs with a couple of discussions that they're having at the moment, and we talk M and A potential for this year. Now they're debt free, but they've only got four million in cash, so we're not quite sure what they're going to be focused on. But have a listen and do feedback to us. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Fred Sir, how are you? Excellent, thank you very much. So, where are you? Are you
1: in uh, Toronto? No, oh, actually, uh, very wet Vancouver, right?
0: <gasps> wet Vancouver. Okay. Okay. So this is the first time we've heard your story. So thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate that. We always get people to start with a one-minute summary for people new to the story and then we'll pick it up from there.
1: Okay. That's, that's, that's the easiest part. Uh, Impact Silver is uh, basically operating in a, a probably the second oldest mining district in Mexico. Uh, Cortez actually hid out here uh, 500 years ago. So you can get an idea. It's, it's fairly old. Uh, we've been actively mining here ourselves for about 13 years. We've mined about nine and a half million ounces to date, about $175 million worth of revenue generated. And it's just the start on a property that's over 221 square kilometers. I think we're actually bigger than about five of the countries in the UN. Uh, we've only explored at this point in time probably about 20% of the property and uh, we're actively in production. And with the current price of Silver, we're starting to re-expand our production profile.
0: Okay. Thank, thanks for that summary, Fred. I do appreciate that. Um, I've got to admit to you, I don't know much about Silver. Um, you're probably about a third Silver story that we've talked to So. We will come back to your company and your assets and some of these numbers in a second, but tell us a little bit about your view of the Silver market. From what I've seen, it's highly volatile. And if you don't know what you're doing, that's dangerous. So what's it been doing and what do you predict it will do? <laughs> uh,
1: predicting more interesting. Um, what it has been doing, it's, it is a volatile animal. It's regarded partially as a precious metal. It's also regarded as an industrial metal. Um, solar panels, etc., all require silver. A lot of the modern computers, the uh, disbursement, etc., requires silver. And in fact, you're in a country that used to have sterling silver as your backup for your pound. Yes, sir. So it, you you run into those two things: one, a precious metal, sort of the poor man's precious metal, and two, an industrial product. Traditionally, Silver has traded in the sort of 20 to 1 price ratio with Gold. And uh, over the last 5-10 years, it's gone to the point where it's getting probably in the area of about 90 to 1. So, there's a real disparity between the pricing and I think there's an expectation that's inelastic, which is stretched beyond its capability of holding its position. So. We personally, well, I personally, but I think it's pretty well the general market conception that Silver is underpriced right now. It is controlled because it's a very small market relative to Gold. So it can be manipulated. Look at the Hunt family 40 years ago or so, where they moved it up to $40, $50 in a matter of months, just personal financing. So it's volatile. Now uh, that volatility provides opportunity. Obviously, uh, somebody who can trade the metal does very well. Somebody who trades our stock does even better because our stock is highly leveraged to go to silver. And in 2016, we went from about 15 cents to about a dollar 20 in five months. So a very very volatile product. Our forecast going forward. As you can tell, I'm a bit of a gold bug, but not to the extreme. Uh, we've seen it gradually strengthening over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very really positive. Getting through the, some of the volatility and setting a pattern for growth. Uh, we're looking in the sort of twenty-two dollar range in the, over the next year, and uh, given the volatility of world events
0: it could easily exceed that. Let's say, we'll come on to you in a second. I think I want to treat this as an educational process for our audience, which is retail investors, high net worth and family offices. Um, they, it, it is volatile, but what, what are the drivers for this? It's, you know, People talk about Silver being closely aligned to Gold. When Gold does well, Silver tends to do well and Silver does well for a little bit longer if Gold falls off again. You know, what, are the, what are the drivers for that? Is it, Purely economic condition of 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 which we, I guess the, the, what's happening in the U.S. or South America at the time, or what drives it up and down.
1: That's part of it, no question about it. And say it's a poor man's goal. so you get places like India when you get to seasonal purchasing. Uh, Same as gold.
0: silver. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, what, but what, else, what are the big things? Equity. What are the big drivers to this? What do we need to understand? What should we be looking at? Because you said a phrase that was quite interesting, you know, for people who know how to trade silver, it's great. But for the great unwashed like me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the last man standing, aren't I?
1: Well, you're probably the last guy in the door. Yeah, you're right. That's the problem. and uh, You're the last guy out the door. Uh, no, I mean, we see it in, in one of the primary things is very few primary silver producers. We're one of the unique animals, 90, 95% of our product is Silver. Uh, what that means is when you see a reduction in base metal production, like we're seeing right now, you get a significant reduction in the supply of Silver. And right. like Gold, there's probably more paper Silver being traded than there is actual Silver. When you get that reduction of supply, the demand doesn't really change very much. In fact, it's probably increasing with the concerns about the world, with the uh, physical demands for Silver in in industrial products. The other part about Silver is unlike Gold, uh, most cases Silver isn't recoverable, readily recoverable. So the secondary market for Silver, uh, because it's in minute quantities in your cell phone and what have you, uh, isn't generally recovered. you're you're facing, I suspect right now, especially a deficit in supply and that deficit in supply plus an oversale of Silver certificates that isn't backed up with actual Silver Mm -hmm. is a classic short situation. Mm -hmm. I think that's where most of us anticipate, although there's volatility, the volatility is driving Northward, not Southward in this business.
0: Well, I, I guess a lot of commodities Companies would say that because you know people have been digging stuff out of the ground for a long time now, and people are saying it's 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 finite in a, in, a, in a way. But you, let's talk about let's talk about this volatility a second. So if we look at your share price, you quoted to me some numbers there from about, from 2016. That was a heck of a ride. You know, end of 2015, um, you spiked. You I mean you went up. What like you say from 20, 20 cents, twenty five cents up to you know one But you came crashing back down again fairly unspectacular 2018, same with 19 until the middle of last year. So this thing moves in violent swings, you know, there's volatility, which are, you know, huge peaks and troughs. So how, what I'm trying to get at is how does someone like me, or the retail investors spot the signs, because you're talking to me now about, well, the only way is up and maybe, and it is right now. It is right now. Long term, but I don't want to get left holding the baby here, Fred. So, what, what are the things I need to be looking out for?
1: I think you have to look at uh continuity. Uh, most of us look in the marketplace and and we'll say, okay, if I'm in this to speculate, uh, short term, that is highly volatile, that's dangerous stuff. Yeah, I don't pretend to do that. I personally look at it and say, I see as a long-term trend. And that's actually what we did when we acquired this property 14-years ago, we thought Silver was underpriced badly. And you go and we managed to get a property that the owner thought it was badly underpriced.
0: Hmm.
1: We've been right. Now, during that time, the volatility has been dramatic, but the trend over that period of time has been consistent and that's consistently upward. And I think that's you're either a long-term player, believe in Silver, pick up those companies or get involved with those companies that have demonstrated history, or alternatively, you run it short-term and you'd be a day trader. I wouldn't even try to be a day trader in this market.
0: I I hear you. Neither would I. So, So let's come back to that. So you picked this thing up 13 years ago. What was the plan back then? And has that changed, or had to change, because of market conditions over, over the term?
1: Yeah, um, during that time, we picked it up as a expiration project, uh, but it had a history of production. And you look for elephants where there's been elephants. It had a small mill on it at the time. It allowed us to bootstrap ourselves. And that is over about fifty percent of all of our expenditures in the field have been financed through operations, so we, we, we very it's avoided or reduced dilution. We then acquired a significant controlling position in two very large mineral concessions in in Mexico, southern Mexico, in the, uh, the basically the the silver belt. Uh, Tasco, I don't know if you've heard of it, is south. Uh, East of us, no more than uh, literally a rock's throw away. Uh, They were the oldest. We were the second oldest district. Uh, We found over 5,000 old workings on this property to date, and we still have a lot of exploration to do. We found over 50 haciendas dating back, haciendas is is actually a plant in the local jargon, uh, dating back to the Spanish era. So we looked at that, we looked at the mining that had been conducted in the past. And again, you look for elephants where there's elephants. So we thought Silver was a strong product that invariably would recover. It has. We looked at a prospective ground, which has had a history of production, had a history of elephants, uh, even though we talk about the Spanish era, the Indians here mined well before that, Gold and Silver. and. We then went in quietly as we could and acquired as much ground as we could, to the point where uh, it's almost like handed a cookie jar; uh, mm. you just can't take all the cookies out at once.
0: Mm.
1: And since then, it pretty well supported our premise that a we are capable of supporting ourselves, mm-hmm. and b we are capable of developing what could be a international level resource. Mm. That's our strategy going forward. We've had bumps, such as the price of Silver dropping off or the uh, crash in the marketplace, but we've been able to sustain. our. Many of our peer group have disappeared in that period of time. And we're still here and we're still growing. So, yeah, we, we think given there's been bumps, our strategy is the right strategy. And going forward, uh, if we see a solid Silver price that strategy is going to get nothing but endorsed going forward.
0: Right. Okay. So the plan was to buy up and tie up as much land package as possible because the, the area was strewn with clues uh, that people had mined Silver and I don't know how successfully or how much data you actually get from that other than sort of anecdotal. Was there any data that came with these land packages? Oh, uh,
1: in fact, we've probably spent five or six million dollars accumulating a huge amount of data in a computer system, uh, an AR system that we've developed that literally has layers of data going back uh, three, four hundred years plus. Um, in fact, one mine we've discovered we found from old references that were 250 years old when we went out. There was an old Spanish
0: mill and an old underground but, but, uh, that they've been mining on. What does that data look like? Data, Fred, what does that data look like? It's 250 years ago, it's barely paper then, was oh, there? Handwritten books. Uh,
1: we've actually gone back into some archaeological studies. Uh, there's historical production where the Spanish were talking about, you know, bringing, 120 mules out of this area to go to Tasco with the ore. So, yeah, it's been a lot of research and we've had a team dedicated now for almost 10
0: years putting it all together. Okay, are still getting new data. Okay. So that was the plan then. You tie up and buy up this land package. You've, you're, you're sitting on district-wide. Um, package there now, but but how do you move from expiration into development to production? You're producing today. It's it's you know pretty you know nine and a half million ounces and not nothing, but at the same time I'm looking at the sh- at the market cap of forty six million, and I'm wondering how do you make that move from throwing off cash? You're debt free, is that right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So you're debt okay. is free. You're throwing off cash. You're sitting on a lot of land, but you're only forty six million market cap how does this thing get some scale to it? Or does the nature of the commodity, Silver, and the volatility of Silver restrict you from doing that? How are you going to do it? Well, on an operational basis, uh, we have a number
1: of targets that have, we move forward when there's loose change, basically. So if, if we make a profit in a quarter, uh, that profit doesn't really show up because it gets reinvested in improving our knowledge or advancing one or two of the projects that we have at any one time. Okay. But we're cash positive. Uh, the strategy going forward is we have probably four or five projects in front of us, both silver and gold, that sensitive to the price of metal, sensitive to the cash I have in my, in my uh, jeans, Uh, We push accelerate. And, uh, you know, case in point is we have a a volcanogenic mass of sulfide. I'm I'm not sure if you're.
0: VMS, we love it.
1: We love those. Uh, Down in the south of us, we've got a resource there that uh, would normally require a price of silver around $22. Uh, Right now, we're working on metallurgical changes to the mining and milling which we think can substantially drop that. That coordinated with an increase in the price of Silver, suddenly it becomes a mine. And in fact, there's two other deposits nearby that if it becomes a mine, we would then spend the money to bring those deposits up to resource base too. That's just an example.
0: Okay, so I guess what fascinates me when I why I ask CEOs about their business plan because you know the business cl- plan can make a company hugely successful. And, you know, I look at people like Equinox on gold in terms of bringing together three very ordinary assets and creating something much much bigger than the sum of its parts. And there's a company called Rocks Gold in in West Africa did something else. Got into production early. So the, if you get the business plan right, it really changes the dynamic and the growth of the company. These are you know, I think Equinox is 900 million at the moment and uh, uh, Rocks Gold at 400. You guys, you're, you've gone from exploration into production, but you're putting the money back into the ground all the time. Isn't that part of the problem for shareholders? When you're talking to shareholders and saying, right, but trust us, this is a growth story, but if you're putting the money back into the ground all the time, how's this thing ever going to move from? 46 million bucks market cap to dub, double that. Shouldn't you be looking to give something back to the market if you're producing all of this cash?
1: Yep. That's one of the balances we do have to look at, obviously. Uh, there's real value in the ground. For instance, we have a whole gold district, which we haven't done any more than just peripheral exploration on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were to bring that into production, that would have a substantial impact upon the market cap in its own right. Uh, so it, it's one of those balances. You say, okay, we have this, let's go forward on it. Uh, alternatively, I don't think many of my shareholders are looking for a dividend. They're looking for us to prove to them the underlying value of this property. And I think we're very capable of doing that. We've had some oopses, and the oopses have been primarily market related. But what we've also done in our strategy is we've protected ourselves on the downside that unlike a lot of my peer group from 10-year ago, uh, we're not selling marijuana right at the moment. We're still there. We're still working on the project and we're advancing that project.
0: No, That's, that's great. all I'm trying to do is understand it. and I'm not having a go at you. I'm just trying to understand it because I get that building up a cash reserve is sensible. It it just makes sense to do that because it gives you options. But at the same time, we'd like to understand what point you're going to start leveraging this. Being debt free is great to a point, but you need to ramp this up. You've been 13-years at it. What's the timeline look like for looking at some of these VMS assets? What's it going to cost you? When does the market start reacting to that? Can you give us a sense of how you're planning the, the road ahead?
1: Well, the, that's true. And we recognise that we have a property that's a major property, property size. Uh, and part of the strategy is prioritising our targets and where we are going to spend our money. And then looking at other targets in the area and we, for instance, are in negotiation on, with one or two companies right now to come in and take on part of what we've got. Could spend their money on our projects.
0: Beautiful. So we're talking about about farm-ins or farm-outs in this case. Exactly. Beautiful. If I look at at your friends, sort of not quite up the road, but in the same space, they they did something very similar, and they're sitting back counting their uh, dollars at the moment. So that's interesting. How far advanced are those conversations? Uh,
1: We're already negotiating price. Uh, and in one case, they've done all the due diligence they feel is necessary. The okay. other one is just initiating that. Uh, they've expressed a strong interest. At, uh, it's again, one of those projects we've got that with finite number of dollars on hand, we're saying, okay, in order of priority, as long as Silver keeps its current price, this is one that we would happily have somebody come in and spend some serious coin on. So there's two right at the moment. One uh, is, I think, very, very serious. The other one is serious, probably without the same resources as the first.
0: That's interesting. Okay. That's very interesting. So we'll hear more later this year as to how those discussions and maybe that project is developing, will we?
1: I'm hoping you'll hear later this year, they've gone just beyond discussions. We, We intend to do something about this very quickly.
0: Beautiful. Okay, that, that that's a really nice addition to your to your strategy. So you are a in that case a project developer. You bring partners, strategic partner in with cash and or operating partner in with cash, and you're also producing your own silver as well and producing your own cash. So two different revenue streams. I I like that a lot. Now I'll just come back to the the share price again. So there's some pressure put on it in December. There's there's a bit of an overhang. You had a lot of trading going on there, and a lot of selling. So, was that something that you were, knew was coming down the line, or something that you could affect?
1: There's a there's a couple of groups that we knew had to get off their position for their own financial situation. Hmm. Uh, I would like to think that not necessarily there was a lot of selling. There was a lot of buying, <laughs> because. The, okay. uh, The price did go up while that was happening, as opposed to forcing the price down.
0: Right, right. Okay. Let's say that happened, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it ended the year where it started. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, um, we we saw volumes. Well, there was eighteen. I think it was eighteen million traded in December alone. Yeah, it Um, it was a lot a lot of volume. Now, as I say, I I think the interesting fact is that normally that would have driven your stock down really dramatically. It didn't. And uh, I suspect it's because people are starting to appreciate A, what we have as a project, B, the go-forward strategy, and C, the very fact that we are so highly leveraged to Silver, if they anticipate Silver going up a dollar, they can see us going up percentage-wise, dramatically more. And that certainly happened in the past. And I suspect if it continues the way it's going, it'll happen in the future.
0: Okay. So give me, give me a breakdown of the uh, share register. I mean, how much is institutional, how much retail, and where in the world do they sit?
1: Yeah, That's a good question. Uh, we, we've been debating that one ourselves because as you know, it's kind of hard to sort of dig through it. Hmm. Uh, we found a lot of the smaller funds, the metal funds that are interested in precious metals are there. Uh, at any one time, you are probably talking a good 30%, 40% that uh, family funds, et cetera, that, that see us as a, a play on Silver. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the reassurance is the downside is protected pretty well from our, long, our longevity and our production. And the upside is we're highly leveraged to that price of Silver. Silver goes up a dollar, it goes right to our bottom line. So. We see a lot of those. Uh, we do have a, a fair retail crowd uh, th- that are again believers in silver themselves, and then the insiders and uh, uh, what have you are probably running about 10 percent right now, maybe even up to fifteen. I'm not sure everybody always tells me the truth.
0: Right. Are, are, you, are you still buying?
1: Um, at the moment, uh, I'm stepping back because we keep on having news releases, which it puts me in a conflict situation. So. Every time we're interested in buying, there's a blackout. And uh, for instance, the Veta Negra that came out—it um, it sounds innocuous, but it's got a lot of potential. And I know more about it than we're allowed to disclose because we can't disclose 43101 results. And I've been on the ground watching our non-43101 team exploring it. So there's something I'm in. Puts me in a heck of a conflict, to be honest, and it's a pain in the butt because there's real value here, and yeah, I'd like to be opportunistic myself.
0: Right, but you're smiling, so and, oh, and yeah. it, it, <laughs> there's nothing you want to tell us, is there? Nothing I can tell you. <laughs> okay, so and um, how much cash are you sitting on today? Just so again, just get a picture of About what's going on. About four million on. right now. Okay. And are you going to need to go back to market or is that sufficient to um, do everything that you need to do this year? The
1: plans we have for this year uh, don't really rely on us going to the market uh, for this year in our program. Right. Uh, we are looking as well because, let's face it, part of the game in, in the silver production or gold production is size. And uh, some of the projects that are also out there, different locations, what have you, are of interest to us. They have been unable to raise money because the money that has been raised in the industry over the last year is only going to the more sophisticated companies. So there's a lot of juniors that have taken the program on after 2 or 3 years of not being able to raise money, except through their grandmother. Uh, It's opportunistic that we Take it where another project where we can take it into production very quickly.
0: Right, I'm not sure I understood that. So you've got four million bucks. We're not going to raise any money this year. It would suggest you're doing nothing of scale. But you say scale is important. But the money, institutional money, is going to sophisticated companies. So what are you? How do you describe yourself?
1: Uh, I think we're a sophisticated company. Okay, um, people understand our management expertise. Uh, people understand that it's not easy to make money. It's not easy to build a mill, start up production, operate a mine. And you, you find quite often that there's sort of two cultures here. There's the geologist culture where they love to find something. Then they come up to the edge, look over the cliff and say, well, God, we got to put it in production. That's a whole different venue. And those are the ones we look at as being opportunistic from our point of view. The reason I brought that up is if something like that came along that had the right size and flavour, that might be a cause to go back to the market.
0: So, Okay. So there's three different models going on here. There's the produce it yourself, which you're doing. You've got your own mill. Well, you've got a second mill, which was not in production though, um, not operating. Um, You've got the farm out option and then your potential M&A action, if you deem it appropriate to your strategy. Okay. That's right. Right. And so just again, just talk about this this year. Can you just sort of clearly, for me, articulate what are the moments that you think are going to make a difference to your share price this year? You've, you've told me about the VMS potential farm out there. Your production, is. are you planning to increase that or is that business as usual, same rate?
1: Uh, we will be increasing it. We backed it off about a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we we mine from underground for the most part. And certain mines have a certain grade, certain cost of mining. Uh, when the price of Silver went down to $14, it was literally break even or even lose a dollar. So we shut those down. We then produce from the other mines. Now, we haven't abandoned those mines that are marginal at $14. And as the price continues to rise or stay up, we, once again, bring them back into production. So we will, if we see the continued price that at we're looking at right now, so let's say $17, $18, we're probably going to go back to where we were two years ago in terms of production, which is about a 25% increase. Okay. Going forward, if we see a continued strength, then we may push forward and accelerate a couple of our more advanced targets because you have to lay out money to do that. You have to be confident that the price of, of metal is staying there to justify that capex that you're putting out in order to put it into production. So over this year, we see a 25% increase over last year. And barring dramatic changes in prices, uh, a further increase next year.
0: Okay. So th- these, are in- these are incremental changes to, to the plants they're nothing significant unless you deliver something on the m a front so what's what's the unless problem what, what's holding you back though because is it the grade is your grade the issue here you know you've got varying grades know, across a large area
1: yeah um, I, I think the, the the problem we've got at least has been in the last couple of years is uh, finite dollars that we could put back into the ground I think the market in many cases, gives somebody a market cap for discovery that sometimes quite a bit more than production. And, uh, you know, there's a, a story in the industry called up on mystery and down on history. Uh, you know, the mystery isn't there because we're producers. Uh, the mystery isn't there until I could wave my arms and, and say, look, we've just hit a hole that's 100 meters long running at this grade, market gets excited, and you see strength into the marketplace. That can ultimately take us the next tier up on expiration alone. Price of silver will also take us the next tier
0: up. So, we what do you easily see a double? Of, so, what are you doing about the, it, though? We're exploring,
1: we're, we're spending money now. That, that's why we raised the money late last, I mean, last year. Hmm. Um, it takes time to initiate those programs because again we want to prioritize it's not as if we have 50 million dollars in the bank and in doing so it's going to be twofold one is going to be in it's going to help production uh, two it's going to increase expectations as to the future and that's the programs we're doing right now on our own projects those other projects, I think the market will see its strength because people are willing to spend serious money on a portion of our property. And going forward, it's going to be a function of opportunistic if there is an acquisition which makes sense, we'll do that as well. And I suspect with the number of projects we're looking at, um, there's a decent likelihood
0: that might happen this year as well. Fred. Thank you so much for talking to us today. That was fascinating because I don't know much about Silver to listen to you and hear your story. So I appreciate you spending the time to do that. sounds like a, you've got quite a few catalysts that you will deliver this year. Each will have, I guess, different different levels of effect on your share price. So again, we wait to, with anticipation on that. Um, so thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Good talking to you.